What really is masculinity? And what chaps Tyler's hide? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Those are both really great questions, Brandon, and we're going to get to those in just a minute. But uh, first, we're going to go to a review. This is uh, from Rising Strong, and it just says, thank you. It says, I was fortunate enough to come across Brandon's other podcast at the very beginning of my healing process. It has been monumentally life-changing for me. I've been a loyal follower ever since. So, of course, I started following this new podcast as well. Brandon and Tyler, you are both in the right line of work. I see God and his purpose working through both of you. I can't speak for everyone, but listening to you both and working with you, Brandon, has forever changed my life. You've helped me step into my truths, my power, and my passion again. I am beginning to live my very best life, and I'm finding purpose and joy in both the good and the hard parts. You are changing lives. I am forever grateful. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome. And I, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, I just want to say that if you're finding healing, it's, it's not because of me, it's because of you. And um, <clears throat> maybe I've given some guidance along the way and shared my wisdom, but you're the one that's, that's applying it and doing the hard work. So keep it up. Um, keep going. Those kinds of reviews are just the best. And it's like, you know, some days as a therapist, you wonder if you're doing any good in the world. You know, you have a really hard day and you see people in a ton of pain. And when you when you hear some words like that, you realize that, you know, obviously they're doing all the work, but to have been a part of that journey. And it's it's maybe the biggest payoff you ever get as a therapist. That's true. Yeah. So. <clears throat> um, all right, Tyler, I want to start uh, backwards. So. What chaps your hide? So first off, I, I was thinking, chaps your hide. What? What is? Where'd that saying come from? That's, um, <laughs> you know, I don't even yeah. know what that means. I, I, I don't know. It's a saying. I, I always picture it being like. Uh, I always picture it being like a, a cowboy on a long trail, and at the end of the day, you know, you feel like you can't feel your prostate anymore, and your rear end <laughs> is just rubbed raw, and you're just like, you know, it's like watching those old Looney Tune commercials where some guy like gets blown up by dynamite right on around his rear end, and he's all chapped at the bottom, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in other words, what pisses you off, right? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I, I use that. I use that phrase all the time. Like, oh, that just chaps my hide for some reason. I don't know where yeah. I picked it up at, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just. Uh, Really, man. Let me let me just paint the picture for you here. This is maybe okay. This is maybe the thing that just irks me the most about everything that I do in my job, and I don't know why. It probably has something to do with my own weaknesses or faults or something. But I could psychoanalyze you, but we won't do that. <laughs> maybe I'll be the caller today. Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah. So I this just happened yesterday, but it's happened frequently. It happens all the time, and I I'm working with a couple. And they're trying to overcome their problems or their differences. And maybe let's just say the man in this situation, he's done some things, made some mistakes. He's caused a lot of problems, caused a lot of trauma in the relationship, some form of abuse or some form of deception or whatever it is. And then he, then he decides that he doesn't really want to do the work to get better. 
But instead of like just taking accountability for that and owning it, he continues to shrink further and further into being just like the equivalent of a three-year-old child throwing a fit. Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive, blaming, controlling. And then then when the wife finally gets healthy enough to say, I'm no longer going to put up with this stuff anymore. And she goes and files for divorce. He takes it to a whole new level and he starts starving her out financially. He starts like withholding information. He goes and gets a lawyer that he can afford really well that she can't afford. And this goes both ways, whether it's the man or the woman, right? Right, Um, right. I guess, I guess for me, probably being a man myself, like that's what gets me going so much and what I believe so strongly about what masculinity should be. Um, And so it just, it makes my blood boil. Like, I want to, I want to just look at the guy shake him and say, what are you doing? You know, you, you can't, you can't like what you see in the mirror by acting this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for some reason, that's what chaps my hide, Brand. I, I, I was, uh, I want to kind of give you a contrast to this a little bit. I was working with a couple, um, and he had done a lot of things. His addiction had pushed him places that, that really weren't good and destroyed trust to a level that was really bad um and his his wife tried to hang in there tried to rebuild the trust tried to do it and she got to a point where she just realized like i'm not i'm never going to be able to trust him again and um so she she actually in my office in front of him asked him for a divorce and um he just broke down crying and it was a really kind of emotional session as you can imagine um but then she asked for what's called a collaborative divorce. And, and, and he, he said, absolutely. And they went into this process called a collaborative divorce where they worked better as a couple than most couples that I see that, that um, are married. Um, they worked through this divorce. He was really humble. He was really loving. He was really honest with her. Um, he was very patient. And, um, and she was the same way back to him. And the result that I saw through that process was that uh, they had two kids together. The two kids were affected so much less in a negative way by that divorce because their mom and dad were wonderful human beings who could show up with compassion, um, love, positive regard, and honesty in a relationship. Um, What's what chaps my hide, Tyler, is the same as you. When one person decides, you know what, I'm selfishly going to drop bombs everywhere because I'm angry, because I'm resentful, because I can't work through my own stuff. And the ripple effect that it has is far more reaching than what you'd think. Um, it's, you know, it's your, yeah, it's your ex-spouse, but it's your kids it's your family, it's your extended family, division, divisiveness, um, anger, drama starts to breed more of that, right? And it, it, it's hard to see because it really is something where a per, one person's hurting in other people, right? Oh, many, other, many other people. Yes. And, and maybe the primary person that they're hurting the most is themselves. You know, I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson's book this week, and he talks about the pathway to nihilism and self-hatred. And really, 
that's what this is, is that when I, when I engage in actions that in order to, you know, protect my own pride or my own supposed honor or whatever it is, um, I am only hurting myself in the long run, which will lead me to a place of complete darkness, complete loneliness, and, and ultimately complete frustration with life yeah. in general. And, um, and people, it just it frustrates me so much that people can't see that that's the path that they're on when they're doing these things that, that reach, like you said, it's not just to the spouse, not just to the children. It's, it's far reaching. I mean, it's, it even carries over into like your own workplace and the, the person who's doing the damage, you know, they're so miserable. They make everybody else around them miserable too. Right. Um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, our, we did a recent episode on, on not not being the victim, not staying stuck in a victim stance. Yet today we're talking about people that suck and people that cause all <laughs> kinds of problems. Um, and, you know, here's the deal is you can't control other people. And if your spouse or soon to be ex-spouse or ex-spouse um, decides to be a total jerk, then what you can do, and this is a, this is a really hard thing to do, but you look at yourself and you say, okay, how can I not go down to their level um, yet protect myself, stay boundaried, um, use what's in my control, whether it's the legal system um, or, or, or whatever else, what's in my control to be able to assert my truths and, and keep my heart in a place where it's trying to have compassion for them. Um, because I don't want to be them. I don't want to fight fire with fire. They're acting like a three-year-old. I'm, I'm going to be an adult here. Um, they, they don't care about our kids and what's happening to them. Well, I do. And because I do, then I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to be a, the bigger person here. And that can be so hard to do. It's easy to go resonate down there with them when their attacks are directly at you. Right, Tyler? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Brandon, is, is spot on. It's just, it takes an insane amount of emotional maturity to stay there and to operate from that place, you know, and to see, and to see the bigger picture that really, like uh, the, the old Buddhist kind of belief here that you can't, you can't harm yourself or someone else without harming the other. Like it, we're all interconnected here. And, and, uh, and when somebody is operating from a place of pain and shame and smallness, they are inviting the very same back into their life. And so it's, it's almost like an invitation when, you know, when my clients, you know, when the, when, when the husband here goes and starts shutting down all the bank accounts, so his wife has no resources. And meanwhile, she's the one taking care of all the kids and, and he's over having a great time, you know, doing whatever he wants with all the finances. It's like, he's, he's inviting her. He's, he's basically goading her into stepping into the same level that he's operating. In. Right. Right. It's like, um, he's, he it's not doing that. himself any favors. Right. Um, right. Well, right. And, and I believe that it's because at, at a deeper level, he's in a spot where his own self-hatred is inviting punishment back somebody by to hate him his behaviors yep um you know I, i've seen this so many times tyler as, as you're talking about it sometimes it's it's uh it's aggressive and just like really mean 
Um, but I'd say the, the more tricky types are the like narcissistic type where they're, they act really nice, um, yet they're so passive aggressive and, and they're, you know, they're kind of, um, they're, they're playing cards a certain way to, to really make their partner look horrible um, by being nice, by getting everybody on their side, um, by even using um, church leaders and things like that to, to be able to look good, um, which then leaves that partner decimated in terms of support, in terms of knowing what their truths are, um, trusting themselves. And so it, it can be really, really tricky um, the way that somebody wages war. And yeah, I, 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 gotta, I gotta say, Tyler, I, if you don't mind, I do want to dig into you a little bit, can I? Because <laughs> okay. I do feel this like energy from you of like, ah, yeah. oh, pisses me off. That, especially it seems like when guys do this, it pisses it, you off. Oh, far more uh, for, for me, far more when men do this to their wives than the other way around. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely something. That's one of my self of therapist things. I can, I can say that's one of my biggest issues. Well, and we call this counter transference, right? In, in therapy where you're having a certain reaction to a client um, because of some of your stuff or your beliefs or it because of you. Um, and countertransference can be very useful in therapy. Um, it, but you got to notice it. If you don't notice it, then you would struggle to be effective as a therapist with a narcissistic douchebag who's trying to hurt his wife. Right. Right. Um, right. So, um, but, but I, why, why does it just get to you so much, Tyler? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. I've done some thinking about this and there's a couple of things that I, that I've come to. The first one is that, you know, I personally, I think I, in some ways I can relate to being that guy, mm. you know, like I, you know, you know, I'm in recovery myself from addiction. I, you know, my wife and I have climbed out of the hole of betrayal, uh, you know, my betrayals and, and so there's maybe it hits that piece in me that goes, I know what it's like to on a certain level to be that guy. And I hated myself when I was that guy. You know, I, I just couldn't stand to look myself in the eye when I was that kind of a guy. So that's, that's one thing. And then I think on a broader general scale, which is interesting, comes, Tyler, because from an outsider's perspective, you're anything but that guy, right? But inside well, yourself, you felt that way. Possibly, I've felt that way right? before. I don't, I don't think I'm that guy anymore. I, I actually really, I, I'm, I've put a lot of work and effort into not being that guy. I'm trying to be a good guy, a good man, you know, and I, I, I basically live everything I teach my clients, you know, um, on, on the broader scale, I think it's, it boils down to my view on masculinity, on um, how strongly I feel about what makes a good man. Okay. And and so when I see that not happening, I feel, I feel not only a sense of want to protect, say, the person who's being abused. The feminine. The feminine. The feminine. I want to protect the feminine. But I also, I also it's, it's sort of like a parent with a drug-addicted child 
that comes in and out of the house over and over and over again. And finally, the parent just gets burned out and is just like, I see their pain. I want to shake them. I want them to change. I don't know how to get them to change. You love the guy, but you see that he's not. I, I love him so much. And almost, almost every man I've ever worked with who does these things inside, I love them. They're good men. Like it's yeah. weird for me. It's weird for me to say that he's a good man when he's doing those things. But I honestly believe it that most of the men I'm talking about here are good men. And it hurts, right. so, it hurts me so deeply to see, you know, that famous word potential in these men that I think could be so, so good. And they show up small. It's like, it's like a massive disappointment. Stuck behind their you know? pride, their, Stuck, their anger. Their and shame. ultimately their shame, you know, I think it's their shame, but it shows up in these really like nasty ways. And, um, and, and it's really about, Look at, look at our world, Brandon. This is one of my pet passions. You know, you know this, but one of my pet passions is masculinity and manhood. Like look around our world right now. We are starved of good men who know how to step into the actual masculine energy of things because, because most of our men are gutted. They've been wounded. They've been sent messages that they're not allowed to be, you know, smart or they're not allowed to show up in strength or they believe that strength is, is, you know, violence and, you know, coercion instead of real strength. And there's just all these mixed messages. So you look around our world and we have men all over the world today who don't know what it actually means to be a good man. Right. Right. So, okay. Then you're kind of, you're kind of leading to another question, which is, you know, what is, what does that mean to be a good man? Like, what is, what does it mean to, to really be healthy in your masculinity so, yeah, well, I, I look at principles when I, when I think of this, you know, and this isn't maybe a lot of these principles would carry over into the feminine side of things. But, you know, I, when you think of a good man, it's, you know, there's the old traditional thing where he, you know, any, any Western movie would show the, the old traditional idea of a good man, the strong, don't cra take crap from anybody, I can do whatever I want. Or, you know, I think a lot of the reasons why movies like, Braveheart or Gladiator really resonate is that there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that desire in each of us that wants to be like that the ultimate warrior that stands for principle that that fights for a cause and is willing to give himself for right. it um, you know but but I think a good man is is somebody first who figures out how to live with integrity and then who shows up in in his life from a place of strength understanding understanding really and as a christian man who he is and who he is in god's eyes and who god sees him as right and what what he needs to be and and doesn't shy away from that calling right the you know john eldridge says um he says every man's question is do i have what it takes and you know a, a masculine man has an answer to that question um they they know they have what it takes they know who they are and when when a man doesn't have an answer to that question, then they, they try to figure that out and they try to fill that void and, and um, they try to overprove themselves or they, they shrivel up and hide and, and don't step out there. Um, you know, one, one gr good indicator of healthy masculinity is that a, a, a very masculine man um, and, and I'm not talking, a lot of times we think about masculinity as like, yeah, you got the big truck and you love football. 
right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, um, but a very masculine man is, is somebody who will honor and love and support the feminine. Um, and so when you talk about, you know, this type of client where they're, you know, if it's a man just, just taking his wife through the, the ringer or whatever, um, what he's not doing is really honoring and being steady for, for a feminine, the feminine presence in his life. And um, hang on, Tyler, I want to grab a worksheet. I have it right here. It's in my backpack. Okay. It's Great. on masculinity and femininity. So let me do this. I'll ask you a question and so yeah. you can talk. So what, what would you say are some attributes of masculinity? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of go off of maybe where you started with John Eldridge a little bit. And, you know, I like what he says, where not only do we have this question that burns inside of us that says, am I enough? Really at the core, who we are is he, he kind of puts it into three different categories. And the first category is, is that we as men are built for war. We were built to be warriors. And what, what he means by that is we need to test ourselves against something. We need to have purpose. We need to seek passion. We need to like, we need to throw ourselves into the game. We can't sit on the sidelines. We need to do something that's purposeful. So that's the first part. And then the second part that he talks about is that we need, a, we need an adventure. And if you look around at our world today, there's a lot of men who don't even know what it means to go on an adventure because they're sitting in a cubicle punching keys all day and then they go home and drink themselves silly, you know? And, and then the third part is what you were saying, Brandon, which is this need to revere and respect and protect the feminine and not just the feminine, but beauty to, to be able to bring beauty into his life and to, to protect those things. And, and a, a wholehearted man, he'll be, he'll be working to have balance in all three of those areas in his life where, where he is strong and steady and he's putting himself up against things to test himself constantly. But he's also finding time to go and have an adventure. You know, we, we talk about Joseph Campbell all the time with the, the hero's journey, but that's really what that's about. And then of course, I think this is why it sets me off so much is, is that I, I don't, I don't think any man that I work with can actually be his best self if he doesn't figure out how to revere the feminine. And, and that sounds backwards, but that's the part that I think is most missing in our world today. And so it becomes, like you said, this facade where either I have to show up really strong and tough. And, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a song by Quinn, whatever his name is right now. That's, that's called, tough and it talks about like going to the gym and the only the only thing he ever wipes his tears with is muscle tissue you know and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like well you know that's that's so far from the truth of what it means to actually be a real man a real man is uh, is able to go into his own dark places and he's able to own those things he's able to turn those things into sources of strength and then he's able to look around at the world around him and go he's not okay. overcompensating no not at all how am yeah. i going to use myself to the best of my ability, knowing that I'm still flawed, but knowing that I'm called into something, I'm responsible to make things go better here. And I have to step into that. I have to own that. I have to, I can't shy away from that. And that, there's a risk in that, but that's part of what makes courage. That's, that's part of what masculinity is about. Yeah. yeah amen. Um, I, I think masculinity, it's, it's so interesting, Tyler, like, uh, you know, all the, remember when all the women were reading Twilight? 
um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and there, there's yeah. a couple of other like shows on TV that like all the women in my neighborhood, like love. And, and I, oh, I watch yeah. it. They always have a British accent. The, the oh guy, yeah, for sure. The guy always has a British accent, but then he's always like really kind and loving and tender and really strong and steady and knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and like really protects their heart, like really protects the heart of his lover. Right. And, and so women, this is like porn for women because they're like, like, Oh my gosh, I want that. Um, the, I made this worksheet. last. I've always thought it was funny that uh, like, you know, the twilight, when I, I read the first book and I couldn't, I gagged oh, on it. Did you just admit that you read the first book? Just, well, I figured oh I better. Gosh. I'm going to tell Rex, I'm telling everyone, we're going to make fun of you for that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, I'll call it market research, you know, but, uh, but, but I always, I found it fascinating that, you know, we had grown women going to the theaters after the movies came out, selling theaters out and cat calling when the, the wolf kid, whatever his name was, would come out with his shirt off. And, and then they'd sit there and they would just like read these books about this vampire dude whose skin, whose skin glittered and he was pale and beautiful and he could like go for hours in the bedroom and he had all the money in the world and he would, but all he wanted to do is just dote over this woman, you know, right. like he just, all he wanted to do is just protect her. And, and we had literal, literal like flocks of grown middle-aged women like running totally, to the theater totally besides themselves going to the theater over this which speaks to femininity i think totally um, totally yeah, 100 and and yet what twilight did is it basically took all those things that the feminine is looking for and it painted the picture in a single character with, well, of a vampire who is basically more than human and yes. and that's where the problem comes in well, but we, we, so healthy polarity is ultimately the, like the, the best. That's, that's where creation happens. So we desire polarity. And when I say polarity, what I mean by that is the yin to the yang. I, you know, I, I want my wife to be my, my polar opposite kind of. Um, she's, she's the feminine, I'm the masculine. And when we come together as a whole, that's where the, creation happens that's where we're powerful and i'm not talking about in a codependent way i'm actually talking about complementary in a very very interdependent way where she knows who she is she steps into that um we create we create uh passion together we create trust we create there's equality there um so i want to read off some of these things so so this is just a list i'll see if you can can you see that kind of yeah i can yeah, so that mm-hmm. it's masculine and femininity, just some attributes of it. And when, when you look at this, um, you know, you, you realize like that they are complementary. Um, masculinity is, is the rooted tree that's, that's rooted and grounded. Femininity is the wind that blows around and, and is creative and moves the tree around, but that tree stays steady and the, fe- the femininity creates and shifts and and does all kinds of things so one's not good and one's not bad this isn't a competition um it's not well you know one needs to be better than the other you know women who who claim to be feminists who then become masculine to become feminists are anything but feminists you understand what i just they're not they're not resonating in in the feminine yeah they're turning into the masculine 
um, saying, I want to be like men so that I'm as powerful as men. And actually, they're just as powerful as men in their femininity, not in their masculinity. Exactly. Um, and I, I think you see this in marriages too. I know you get your to listen in a second, but look at how many marriages you work with where over time, you know, let's say the man starts to play small or underproduce or whatever his counterpart, the wife starts to step in and fill a lot of those roles, which yes. isn't bad. You know, it's okay. Like that's why in the yin and the yang, there's the eye of the other one, because we do have some overlap there. Um, but, but then it she does, starts it to, does become problematic, but yeah, she starts to become the masculine entity in that relationship. And then she's looking at him going like, come on, I need you to step up. I need yeah. to do this. I need to do that. But then there's no room because that energy is already being filled. And, and, he needs to learn how to step into that and allow her to, to not have to pick up the tab that exactly. he should be feeling. Exactly. Um, and, and it destroys passion in the relationship. It destroys trust, actually. Yeah, and then he wonders why she won't like, have sex with them and stuff. Yeah, like he wants more sex and he, he actually needs her um, to have sex with him so he feels man enough which actually really makes her not really desire to have sex with him. He is anything right? but, but Edward. <laughs> yes, I hate that, we're, that Edward is the guy that we're, you know, <laughs> no. can we talk about like Superman or somebody? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so masculinity, direction, logic, focus, integrity, stability, um, discipline, confidence, strength, purpose, results, protective, consistent, steady, and grounded. Okay, so that's masculinity. Um, femininity, uh, the, the, the counterpart um, to masculinity, surrender, receptivity, empathy, radiance, flow, sensuality, nurturing, affection, sharing, tenderness, patience, loving, perseverance, intuition, and experiential. So you can see how those work so well together. Um, and so, yeah. Healthy masculinity, um, as we talk about it, Tyler, it's like, okay, all the men who have listened to this, go out and be masculine now, right? Just, just do that. <laughs> why is it so difficult? Why, why, why is it so hard for some and to, to actually be that steady, grounded, um, consistent presence in their home and with their wives? Yeah, um, well, Brandon, I, I think it's about woundedness, and I think it's and we're, we're in it, we're in it pretty deep now where, you know, sociologically, systemically, we have massive problems. I, you know, I, I served my, I served my uh, LDS church mission in Baltimore, Maryland. And I, this is uh, one of the reasons why I do what I do in my job. I ended up in the inner city of Baltimore, Maryland. And every day I was there for about six months. Every day we had about 10 to 12 little boys that would come over to our house and we would like, read with them and you know we'd go outside and throw a football and stuff with them and in the course of that six months getting to know all those little boys not a single one of them knew who their father was mm -hmm. like i'm talking a hundred percent of the little boys in our apartment complex didn't know their father and then their games that they played were like they were pretending to hold their gun sideways and shoot people and like that was the world that they were living in and it's something inside of me said wow, what has happened to the men? Where, where are all the men? Where, where, right. where's, a, where's a good man? And, and I believe 
And this is why I get frustrated myself for getting so angry at these men is that honestly, like they're wounded, right? You know, they get, they, they incur these wounds, whether they don't have a really involved father or maybe they have an over-involved father. Uh, we all right. get wounded somehow because we receive messages by living in this fallen world that we're not good enough, that we don't have what it takes. And then when we don't feel like we have what it takes, we start to disconnect and disappear from the responsibility that is ours to show up for other people. Right. Right. I, I think, you know, having a father who abandoned you that you, that you never known, that's a very clear father wound, um, very obvious father wound and masculinity bestows masculinity. Um, it's why our men's groups are so powerful is because it's masculine men coming together affirming each other, loving each other, and doing God's work, I believe, through each other. Um, but some of those wounds are, are, are tricky and subtle. And, you know, one, one of the ones that I see, Tyler, and we could go down this rabbit hole, maybe we need to do a full episode on this, is, you know, men's sexuality gets attacked um, at an early age. And so what happens is when, when a young man... Um, starts to develop and be more sexual, um, they start to feel more shame. Um, that it, the, the messages sent to them is that they're they're wrong. They need to turn it off. They're not okay. They and so they hide it. Um, they they find pornography, lust, things things like that. They act out more. They feel worse about themselves. So they feel like I'm not okay as a man. There's something flawed here. There's something wrong. Um, and, and from a young age, I believe that um, this sex is used to send this message of you're not, you're, you're, you're broken. You're broken. And then, but then on the flip side, whether they go and find it when they're introduced to pornography and other things and everything in the world is, is that sex becomes the currency to prove my masculinity through control and coerciveness and violence. Right. So they try to fill that void there. And the more they try to fill it, the, the less they feel like real men. And so to show up in all the ways that I just listed becomes impossible because underneath all of it, the, 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 the strength isn't there. Um, shame is there. And so uh, we could talk about a lot of different angles in which masculinity gets attacked. So I believe sexuality is one. I think spirituality is another. Um, so society in so many ways, there's so many confusing messages right now. Um, addiction just tears men down. And so the, the good news, Tyler, is I've seen men who really have been lost and not known who they are figure it out. Um, step into their step into their manhood, understand their divine i call it nobility their their divine nobility as as to who they are as a man um, and be able to own that nobility but it takes there there's a the threshold from really floundering and not knowing who you are to gaining that nobility it takes courage it takes, it takes courage to let go of of all the messages and narratives and and things that the shame has told you for so so long and and you don't believe it anymore and you actually st start acting against that shame and and all of a sudden you're having empathy for your wife you're having boundaries in your relationship um you're being able to to speak up when you need to 
and um, hold yourself back when you need to. And you start to see results come from this inner strength that, that starts to happen through practicing that courage consistently. Amen, brother. Um, you know, I, and I think to what you were saying is, is that the way that, the way that I see men climb out of that hole and, and move into that space that you're talking about where, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world to me when I see a man operating in his full, you know, masculinity, whether it's in his home or, you know, when he's, when he's fighting for a good cause, you know, that's, that's one of the favorite things in the whole world to me. Um, yeah. But, but the way that you get there is you use the word courage and the courage includes confronting the woundedness. Mm -hmm. it, it includes having to go and make peace with that and to find all of the false things that I've learned to believe and to let go of those things and to actually embrace, you know, the things we've been talking about and, yeah. and submit and submit myself to the practice of those things, whether they feel real or not until, until eventually I've wired in the habit of realizing you've got, yep. to, you've got to experience it. You've got to experience exactly. it to feel it. And that's how your soul actually heals. I'm not just talk about it, not just listen to this podcast. You got to experience it. And, right. and that's where that masculine energy will come in and you'll start to resonate there. And, and then the feminine will be attracted to you and want to connect to you. So not that that's the end all goal, but that's what, that's one thing that will happen. So Tyler, this has been a great discussion. Um, it's one, one of my favorite topics is masculinity yeah. and femininity. Um, I believe that when we get healthy, we become our best self, um, th that that really comes out. Um, our masculinity and our femininity comes out. And so it's just a good barometer indicator of, of how healthy you really are in your spirit and in your mind. So uh, when you talk, about, you talk about that jerk guy who's doing all those horrible things that's the opposite of that right exactly so, and, and that guy that i'm talking about really at the core he's got the potential to be a phenomenal man yeah you know so, all right you guys if you liked this please uh please please rate and review and please share it uh, it's really helpful if you share it and uh, we'll see you next time thanks see you guys, guys.